0: Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Hey, um... Someone has seen spinal tap for the first time. We're going to get to that later in this episode of Did You America. I'm almost envious of that person. Yeah, that how do you go this long without seeing spinal tap? I don't know. I mean, th- she clearly made some very bad life choices. We can uh, we can uh, <laughs> we can evaluate her life choices. Uh, I don't know anything about her life choices, but just based on the fact that she's got to uh, I think 40 something and never seen it before, that's a bad life choice. Yeah, Clearly, she's made some mistakes. Um, yeah, Clearly. And I could I can enjoy Spinal Tap, even though I can recite it back to front every time I watch it. But still, there's a little bit of envy in me towards someone who only saw it for the first time this week. Anyway, we'll get to that very soon. I'm Canfield. He's Jeremy. This is season two, episode 38 of Did You America? It's not really. We lost count after the second episode of the second season, which was like two weeks ago it's somewhere between three and eight so
1: 38
0: right that works for me uh did you America.com is where you can go actually maybe if someone could go to did you America.com and just count how many episodes there are on there because we can't be bothered to then you could uh, message us at did you America.com and let us know how many episodes we have managed to produce so far in 2021
1: i told you the first position we're gonna hire is an official counter the right. moment this becomes a real thing we are hiring someone to keep track of this for us <laughs> okay
0: so uh if you believe all the news networks 2021 is now on track because the inauguration happened yesterday and everything's going to be great in the world according to everyone almost everyone on my social media Um, i will say this i uh missed most of the inauguration yesterday uh which i feel like i was um not doing my patriotic duty by watching enough of it but i had toothache yesterday which i had to go get salted um, which we'll get into in uh, in a few moments on this podcast. So I've, I've seen some highlights. It looked like an amazing show. There was like an afternoon show and then an actual evening show that was full on all singing, dancing, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yeah. And Katy Perry singing Firework to Firework. Right? <laughs> that, that was so cliche, but so perfect. <laughs> so bec- because I, um, I was sort of late to the game and my viewing was on YouTube over about 10 minutes and I know there was way more to take in, Jeremy will now review the inauguration for you.
1: Oh, that's not fair. I mean, don't get me wrong. As an American, I did have it on, but I mean, not to shoot any, uh, not to take shots at the next, at this incoming... Uh, president, but president. Well, he's not
0: incoming anymore. Right, he right, now the, the is the president. president. He's absolutely the president he's, now. There can be no denial. His
1: inauguration was a little boring. Now I think that's a good thing. As someone who was a little tense the last four years, I think a sense of boring is kind of what we needed.
0: But but the show uh, the show was good, right? The 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 perf- because yeah, yeah, yeah. because the, with, the with, is with, awesome. with with Trump, no one turned up to put on a show. Show because most performers hated him, and the ones that liked him, apart from nugent were a little bit too scared to go actually we think some of these ideas are good whereas with with biden you got the a-listers there's Katy perry you've got springsteen um lady gaga did, did uh the uh star spangled banner right. right
1: no i mean it was great like first of all you can only hear ymca and macho man so many times so it was nice to get a change from that and yeah don't get me wrong the performances were awesome but man I, I get it we can't go to concerts yet but i am so sick of virtual concerts they kept doing this thing where like as opposed to showing the performer they would like cut to people holding up like signs with like messages of hope on uh. them it's like i don't want to see these ugly american faces like show me katie perry's butt <laughs> i want to see katie perry's butt that's
0: because ms NBC would have you believe that all of the world's problems were solved as of yesterday so even though you were tuning in for Katy Perry's part, they went no show people showing signs because everything's been fixed as far as we're concerned I will say this brace yourself I'm about to say something controversial. Lady Gaga Star Spangled Banner. I enjoyed it. It was very good. Not a patch on the time I saw Ted Nugent play it as an intro <laughs> to one of his gigs. Yeah. Although to be honest, I think Ted Nugent plays it as an intro to every one of his gigs, so he's had more practice than Lady Gaga.
1: He's at the point where he's like, no cat scratch fever. You're only getting the Star <laughs> Spangled Banner.
0: Now, another thing I would like to bring up about the um, entertainment is, although I'm telling you, regardless of what you think of the outgoing and uh, now current president, the the, the show Joe around Biden was better because loads more artists go, yeah, we like him, um, than people did with the previous guy. Um Do all of these influential leaders have terrible taste in music? Because in Among <laughs> the springsteen and again kate i would never cho- springsteen i like a lot Katy perry i would never choose to play any of her songs but i see the talent i i understand how what, dare why you? She's firework playing. is a bop no i'm saying i don't i would never choose to play it but if, if you played right. it to me i'd go this is a great pop song right mm-hmm. it, it, it works okay Um, And Lady Gaga, let's not forget, Lady Gaga and I once stood side of stage at an Iron Maiden gig. So I've got some degree of affinity with Lady Gaga, because even though, again, I wouldn't choose to go to one of her shows, we both chose to go to an Iron Maiden gig. And, uh, you know, she's like, hi. And I said, hi, I'm Ian. And she said, nice to meet you. And then someone said, the police escort's waiting. We've got to go. (laughs) Because, yes, boys and girls, I did once get a police escort from an iron maiden show with the with the band not because i was bothering the band so much the police took me away
1: look you know my opinion on lady gaga i wanted to make her the namesake of this
0: podcast so that is true that is true so anyway all of that fine and yet in the middle of all of this the new radicals get up and sing you get what you give
1: (laughs) yeah but i mean they haven't been together in 20 years it's pretty awesome you needed to see that song again <laughs> i mean i i could have heard it played but you know while they're doing the virtual thing let's see some old faces sing it you know
0: so this is what i mean about these people having terrible taste in music you've got all of that stuff going on around you fine and these are you know diehard democrats that are great pop and rock artists i get it but yet the one request like they said to uh, kamala and to Joe, okay, Springsteen's on board. Katy Perry, we're going to do a pyro display to the song Firework. Lady Gaga, one of the biggest entertainers around at the moment, she's going to do a pitch-perfect rendition of Star Spangled Banner. Probably not as good as Ted Nugent, but you don't want him anyway, right? And they were anything else. And uh, they both conferred and then went could you get the new Radicals to reform for us? Because that was the thing that I keep on seeing that they had this great affinity with, because apparently the new Radicals were the favorite band of uh Kamala's husband. Right. And Joe Biden loves You Get What You Give because of the sentiments of the song, and apparently it was a favorite of his uh son, who's now deceased. Right, so right. I, so I understand the emotional connection to that, but still that song this is and and again to criticize the other side if you've got uh, the new president and vice president going can we get the new radicals to reform you've got the now previous president constantly leaving the stage after one of his rallies to the village people <laughs> ymca see
1: you know, I think that's what they told the media, like, oh, you know, it's something to do with Joe Biden's son and Kamala Harris's husband loves the song. Like, that's not really why they were there. They were there because that was Joe Biden testing his power as president. You know, his first test is okay. Let's see what I can do. Get back this band who hasn't been together for twenty two years. I get that. I would do the same thing if I was elected president. The person who would be at my inauguration, Cisco, singing the thong song, <laughs> the thong, the thong, thong,
0: thong. I saw. The- there there were uh there was the cameras uh were on joe biden when he was immediately undoing some of the trump stuff with signing the new executive orders right and um i will say that even if you think that you know the executive orders that he was uh that were signing or undoing whatever is the the appropriate way of phrasing this he did look very very tired by that point but now now i understand if they said to him joe you're making a big song and dance about the fact that you're undoing all this stuff that Trump did. Could you look a little bit more lively? He'd probably say... Do you know how much effort it was to get the New Radicals back together? That was my first executive order, that the New <laughs> Radicals reformed to, to play You Get What You Get. I had to do... So, never mind all this Kim Jong-un negotiation that the predecessors getting credit for through some of the press. I would like the credit for the amount of effort it took for me to mediate between the members of the New Radicals to get them back on stage for four minutes so they could do my, my son's favourite song.
1: <laughs> yeah, see... Yeah. You know, well, first of all, I just want to say, like, I think we could stop with the whole, like, oh, Joe Biden looks tired and frail. Like, yes, he's an old dude, but, like, I mean, he broke his leg, like, not too long ago. He was strutting down that stage. He was doing fine. I mean, it's not like he's spraying orange all over his face and, you know, eating fast food constantly. Like, he's a relatively healthy guy. He'll be fine. The one good thing, though, is, you know, Sure, we are still divided, but the one way we get to come together is like we did with George Bush. We now have someone who has a country we can all make fun of. <laughs> he, he's a bit of a goober, and he's going to lead to a lot of jokes that half the country will be able to say like, "Haha, oh, yeah, that is funny instead of being like, hey, you're hurting our country. Yeah.
0: Have we had the announcement yet that um, New Radical is doing a new album?
1: that was my immediately thought too but like you know they immediately had a fight after that performance It was like i'm never talking to you again i was right 20 years ago Well, didn't
0: the i think the the main the new radicals essentially was the one guy whose name i don't know but he was the singer and and then i think i think i'm right in saying and i can't can't tell you who but he went on to have a, a long career probably still going writing pop songs for other people so he was one of those artists who couldn't deal with the touring or the attention or whatever it is and suddenly figured out but you know i can basically shit out a great pop song so i'm just going to write for a load of other people yeah it means i'll earn less because i'm not the face of the song but i'm still going to be wealthier than most other people by doing this and i can stay at home
1: i mean you can hate on the man all you want but you have to admit You get what you give is a great song. It's a great song. It's upbeat. It's better
0: than Macho Man. I'm sorry it is. Like I said, I'm trying to go down the middle here. (laughs) The fact that the new radicals seem to be the key thing that the new president and VP agree on musically, and the fact that the previous president was so into playing YMCA. By the way. Well, I can assure you the
1: vice president did not agree with playing YMCA or the village people. Well, I
0: wondered, did anyone ever explain to Trump what YMCA is about? It was made (laughs) by a bunch of gay guys in the 70s, talking about, you know, where they go to sort of like get their kids because every you know when they said young man there's no need to feel down yeah i feel to see what i did with that lyric i
1: like it see (laughs) i always felt like macho man wasn't about wanting to be a strong man it's about wanting to fuck a strong man right yeah yeah (laughs) walk out to this rudy
0: Now, there's another thing and we'll move on because I don't want to uh, overburden you with more and more inauguration chat. But I was impressed with the White House moving team. And this is something that I don't think has been brought up anywhere near enough. Everyone was all preoccupied with Trump not going to the inauguration and getting in his chopper and doing his speech and then the actual inauguration happening and all that kind of stuff. But did you read the details on how they ready the White House when there is a change of president, because you imagine how big that place is, and you imagine someone's been living in it for four years. I mean, imagine how much, how many empty McDonald's containers there, there <laughs> were, and, you know, greasy stains of fries and stuff like that. They. Now they just have to put mothballs everywhere. <laughs> right. They change the White House in, I think it's five hours, yeah. right? So it's basically like. You know, if you're booked into a, a decent hotel back in the days when we could travel, quite often they'll say, okay, you can check into your room after 3 p.m. And that's because the previous person has to check out by 11 or noon is the, is the standard thing. Right. So in a typical hotel, they need three to four hours to clean the room after a guest has stayed in there for a few days, probably maybe a week at the most. The White House moves stuff out clean it up and move the new president in within the space of five hours what moving team is that and how was that not a reality tv show
1: <laughs> yeah we should just have cameras on them at all the times, just like sweeping through the white house de everywhere like they do at hotels
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it was very well documented that trump didn't sleep in the same bedroom as uh as uh... right right
1: i you know i was thinking about this the other day they should make it so the vice president and her family lives in the white house too i mean like they have the room and then like it would be like a fun sleepover for four years right you know i feel like that would be uh a nice change of pace and then we don't have to pay for two houses i
0: just i'm just i've always been really impressed by uh the way that um rich people move and i guess it's just because you can pay someone to do everything else because moving is one of my most hated things ever Right. right when i was leaving arizona to come to the great state of texas for this new job there wasn't anything that intimidated me about a new place where i didn't really know anyone or starting a new job or being a a British person that had to endear themselves to a Texas audience, all of those things, they were on my mind, but none of them, none of them were anywhere near as intimidating as the prospect of having to move and then unpack all of my stuff and set up a new apartment. And when I say move, I used a moving team who did all the packing for me and then you know turn up with your bed and your sofa and they put the big stuff where you want it and then they leave you with your boxes of stuff right so you can set it up and doing that was way more horrifying to me than having to start a new job win a new audience win over, as I said, Texans as a British person, which on paper, some people might say was it was a tough job. I was so scared of the prospects of having to unpack and basically get a, a two-bedroom apartment, the, the, the place we're sitting in to record this this podcast. I was so scared about the, the, the prospects of having to get that up and running. I hired a home stager from TaskRabbit. <laughs> That's genius. And oh, when, my God. Uh, and, when, and when I spoke to her on email, she said to me, okay, so... Um, What's the place that you're trying to sell? Like what do you want? And I went, No, 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 no. You you you've misunderstood me. I'm moving in. I want you to unpack. And she <laughs> says, but I'm a I'm a home stager. I, you know, I make people's houses look good if they're gonna sell them for the pictures or if you're Maybe gonna have, sell it one day. <laughs> right. For people to come around. And I said, um, yeah, I know. That's why I think you'd be the best person to unpack. <laughs> and she said, um well, what, what, what do you want? And I said, trust me, you're going to know way better than me. I said, uh, I just want you to unpack stuff. And if I can't find anything for the first couple of weeks, I'll just call you and ask if you remember (laughs) where you you put it. And, uh, and I said, and also I don't even want to watch it happening because just that freaks me out. So I'm going to let you in and I'm going to go out. And I said, I basically, I actually said to her, I've taken some. Pic- I've, I had a completely different apartment layout when I lived in Arizona. So I've taken some pictures of my apartment in Arizona before it got packed up. So if you could just kind of make, make that make that apartment <laughs> appear in DFW. No, seriously, this is this this, this is this is what I did, and um, and she was great. So she did because this, this is a, t- a two bedroom apartment, right? I left her for eight hours. And then uh, I was almost like, oh, is it safe to come back? I don't want to. was I don't, gone. <laughs> <laughs> and people said, what do you expect moving to Deep Pelham? That's what goes <laughs> on. You thought you were getting a homestager? You were getting a homeless person who was going to steal all of your stuff. You. Know, he did ask me for crack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was how I paid the person, right? <laughs> um, so uh, I, I came back round and, uh, and uh, I thought, is it, is it safe to look? And I came in and she went, okay. I've set up most of the front room and your bedroom. Don't look in the second room because that's where I've left the stuff that I haven't unpacked. I'll come back tomorrow and get that done within three hours. And she did. It was like magic. Wow. But now I've told you that story. That's one person unpacking the belongings of one person, me, into a, you know, reasonably sized two bedroom apartment. And she took eight hours on one day and about three hours the next day. And I think she wasn't lazy. She was very productive. So I go back to my original point. Who are this A-team of movers who can not only move Trump and Mrs. Trump out, but clean everything up and move the Bidens in and get it done within five hours? Yeah. I mean, that's so impressive. First of all, I just
1: got to say, I can't even criticize you for hiring someone to stage your apartment because like, that is the most genius move I have ever heard of. I if I go away for a weekend, go visit my mom in Houston, and you know pack a bag. That bag remains packed for at least a month. I can't be bothered to put it back. Do you have this woman's number? Because the next time I'm just gonna text her and be like, "Hey, could you could you just put this stuff back in my closet for me? <laughs> you don't need to do laundry. I'll I'll deal with that. Just just put it in my closet."
0: She also because she's a homestager, I think she she felt that I was maybe. Um, reducing what she does for a living by basically making her unpack rather than the home stage so she she did all of the unpacking right yeah when i came back after the three hours on the second day and everything was just set up it was like i said to her i basically want to have it so i'm walking into a show home and um she uh I, i i come back and everything's done brilliantly and then um she said uh i think just to sort of add to her worth because she is a home stager she says uh yeah um so the only thing I would say is, is uh, there's not a lot of windows in the front room, so it's kind of like a, a, a dark apartment. What you could maybe do is uh, get a mirror and put this here. At this point, I'm thinking it's like you're speaking a foreign language. What do you? <laughs> I don't. how does a mirror like? Lady, you, you put the mirror I'm there. Like, well, could you go get it? <laughs> <Right>? I, <laughs>
1: now that you're my personal assistant,
0: <laughs> but then, and then and then because obviously she'd unpacked all of my stuff. Right? She goes. Oh, and one other thing that could uh, brighten up the front room, you could get a, uh, a, a rug to uh, put underneath the coffee table between where your sofa and your, your TV is. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I get that. And then she looks at me and she goes, but it's important what's on the rug no more
1: flags
0: (laughs) I've seen enough of that in this apartment
1: (laughs) hopefully she's not on the White House moving team because they have a lot of flags there as well
0: I said listen lady I came to DFW because the amount of flags that are on display everywhere (laughs) you literally can't I said do you know where I went for the three hours while you were doing the second load of unpacking I spent that entire time in Texas Treasures at the mall buying new flag stuff you might as well
1: call flag depot <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly now i will say this though about the white house movers if that wall was completed that five hours would have been five days
0: <laughs> okay you know when i had my toothache yesterday which we'll get to in a second um and i, I was gonna attempt to watch the inauguration but then i had to do something about uh, getting some dental assistance the the first thing i thought was is this how everyone on Fox News feels today? Like I've genuinely got a toothache, but them having to cover Biden's inauguration. Right. Is that you know, metaphorically speaking, is that their um is that their, their feeling? Um uh, Joe Exotic, this is uh, kind of um inauguration related and also local to uh, Dallas Fort Worth, where we are at the moment. Uh, Joe Exotic was hoping to be pardoned by Trump, because he did do a lot of pardoning, and actually quite a bit of pardoning for artists, if you check the uh, the list. Which Joe Exotic definitely is. A hundred percent. However, despite having, and this was a quote from one of the articles I read, the biggest limo in Dallas on standby, parked outside the jail, because Joe Exotic is incarcerated in Fort Worth currently. Despite having the biggest limo in Dallas, and hair and makeup, and a whole lighting crew to film his release from jail, uh, if he was pardoned, sadly for Joe Exotic, he weren't on that list with Little Wayne. Did, did you see the limo? I did see a... Uh, yes, I saw a, a shot it is, of it.
1: It would literally make the Wu-Tang Clan be like, you know, that's a little much. <laughs> like, it was the most insane thing. I, if you're going to cruise around, that's the way you
0: do it. As I've always said on this podcast, whatever Texas does, it has to be the biggest at everything. So if they're going to do a big song and dance routine for Joe Exotic being released because he wants to be out in the open and back on cameras and pardoned. He has to have the biggest limo. So being incarcerated in Fort Worth does him a favor because that otherwise they probably would have had to have got that limo from Texas and sent it somewhere else.
1: Yeah, I'm just upset that we're not going to get a season two of Tiger King. Like, uh, that was the whole point of partying him. You would think Trump would have been like, I love this show, let's get a season two, get this man out of jail. I will say this though. I I always felt really bad for Carol Baskin from that series. Now, she was a freak, she was a weirdo. She might be she might, be, she might be a murderer. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Now, most likely She wasn't a murderer, but now the entire world sees her as a murderer. We've now fully taken our trust out of the legal system, said all investigations are bullshit because this documentary that was made to entertain us has made us believe that she was a murderer. We're literally taking the word of a meth-addicted tiger man who's currently in jail, and everyone's like, he was right, she definitely killed her. <laughs> like, they do this all the time in these true crime documentaries, like uh, Making a Murderer. uh that guy, do, did you ever see that one? I didn't
0: watch it, but I know what it is.
1: I mean, first of all, if you watch it, I hate to break it to you, that guy definitely not only killed that lady, he probably ate her too. <laughs> right. Like, he was a, a backwoods freak, and so... People need to understand, like, these documentaries are made to entertain. They're they're filmed in a way to make you believe one side over the other. There's a reason why you don't see any of the evidence that was put forward by the other side mm. in that same argument. So as as hilarious as Tiger King was, as entertaining as it was, as psycho and weird as Carol Baskin is, we probably shouldn't treat her as if she's a murderer the rest of her life. We should probably just treat her the way we did before and just Act like she doesn't exist.
0: Joe Exotic um, claims that the reason why he didn't get to use the biggest limo in Dallas and his hair and makeup crew who were ready on the outside of the jail is because he was, and these are his words, too gay to be pardoned by Trump. (laughs) I I have a different theory on this, Joe Exotic. I think it was because it came out that you faked all of your songs on the Tiger King (laughs) documentary because... There were a lot of rappers that were on the list of uh, Trump's pardons. Lil Wayne's obviously the most notable one. Right, but who was right. the other guy? That, Kodak Black. And also one of the guys who was the founder right, of, of
1: Death Row, right. something hairy. I, forget, I never really knew who he was. So
0: um, there are a lot of uh, people of note from the rap industry. And I think that uh, Trump may have looked at you claiming you sang all of those country songs during the show and went, that is fake country. And fake country, fake news, (laughs) it's all the same thing. That no one's ever said that Lil Wayne didn't rap on the songs that Lil Wayne claims he rapped on. You did fake country, you're staying in jail. I think he should have
1: taken the hint, I mean... Trump had plenty of opportunity to use all of Joe Exotic's songs at his rallies, and he chose Village People. So clearly he wasn't that big of a fan. He, was—he like me, was Team Carol Baskin.
0: I I don't know um, if he's still in jail, but definitely, because this was just a, a funny, ironic story some years ago. The guy who played the cop in Village People actually got jailed because he took part in some sort of robbery. If he's still in jail, did he get pardoned?
1: He better have. I mean, you can't use his song for four years and just throw him to the...
0: Which which would prove my theory that yes he did the robbery which is why he's in jail but he also actually sang on ymca it wasn't <laughs> someone else trump's only pardoning the artists who are the true artists joe exotic maybe singing on ymca was the true crime <laughs> and uh, one more thing uh inauguration related before we move on to uh, other stuff while we're talking about artists the insane clown posse very very upset that the juggalos have now been compared to uh to trump fans by some people
1: yeah i I get that as an honorary juggalo myself i would be upset with that too you know a tr- a, 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 a
0: trumpolo is what uh, it was a, so it was an art, so it was an article in the atlantic and again this is something that I, that I rally against i think that they were basically saying well you know everyone who supports trump is a racist and they're all as crazy as the people who were uh, you know wanted to smoke uh, in uh, nancy pelosi's office in the senate and such like so that was the the intention of this article in the Atlantic, which I wholeheartedly disagree with, but they basically said that everyone, all of the people who voted for Trump, were like the juggalos. So they're trying to coin this new phrase, Trumpolo, by suggesting that everyone who voted for Trump... it wants to go to a what do they call it? A gathering, the of, gathering the of the juggalos, and basically uh, drink their own piss. And well, what? I mean, I don't know. What? what, what, what <laughs> I, I, so, do, do, what happens at a gathering of the juggalos? Well, because they they there was one coming to Phoenix when I lived there. And me and my buddy said that we would go if there was a Groupon deal, but there, there was never any deal on Groupon for it, so we never ended up going.
1: I'll say this. I have a, a secret love for the Insane Clown Posse. Now, I couldn't name a single one of their songs, but culturally, I am all about it, and it has been my dream. For so long to go to the gathering of the drugglers. Now, sure, there might be a little bit of piss drinking, but not the whole thing is about piss drinking. You know, it's also about doing way too many drugs and having a lot of public sex in gross areas. Right. So I think, you know...
0: That, Is that like the VIP package
1: that you can buy? You would think so, but that's like the standard package. If you let look, go, look up any clip from the gathering, any interview, they're always like, "What are you here for?" And every single juggler says the same thing. They said, "I'm here to take a lot of acid and fuck fat chicks in the porta potty."
0: Right? Do you get if you buy the the VIP package? Does the porta potty become more high end? Like if you can you go fuck someone? Can <laughs> no, you, can there's you, no high end porta uh, potties. So you can't. You can't. If you, if you if you buy the VIP package, you can fuck some some fat chicken or winnebago no i just, I just think that would that's be. an idea for you juggalos <laughs> In, I, icp i
1: just want i think that would be such a great return to drugs and not giving a fuck for me is if i went like full face paint and just went full on into the juggalo lifestyle now i'm not about this divide between the trumpelos and the juggalos i think all I juggalos think, well, should be brought together
0: trumpelos only exist according to uh the atlantic okay
1: so they're not real look To all my fellow juggalos out there, whoop whoop we will
0: get through this and seriously take on my take on board my idea that if you could get some winnebago's in there you could probably up your ticket prices and uh you know offer people a comfort fuck
1: no the no? gathering <laughs> is all about the trashiness it's not about it's not coachella <laughs> it's it's not glastonbury
0: well glastonbury w- which we're going to talk about in a second because it's been cancelled again this year is another one of those festivals that would uh, try to claim that you know they're all about keeping it real and such like um and i've never been to glastonbury but that does not stop me from having an opinion to the contrary that actually it is the most champagne socialist event that you can possibly imagine so we'll get to that in a second uh, also i'll remind you of the song of the week stuff that you can vote for um and uh, and have i mentioned that i've got a toothache <laughs> not yet all right, let's do uh, part two of Did You America. Don't forget, if you want to talk to the show, you can uh, send us a message via didyouamerica.com. If you click be on the show, you can talk at your listening device and leave us a voice message, or you can uh, message us there on the website, didyouamerica.com. Um, also the place where you can hear previous episodes Um, or buy a t-shirt. Jeremy, how great are the t-shirts? Oh, they feel so good on your nipples. Uh, You can also vote for Song of the Week. Just a reminder of the songs that we have in play at the moment. Uh, New York producer has gone with Easy by Pale Waves. I went with Dayglow, Close to You. And uh, I've chosen AFI. They've got a new album coming. They put out a couple of uh, songs as a teaser in the last week. One of them is called Twisted Tongues. Uh, So that's my choice. I'm going with uh, Twisted Tongues by AFI. Jeremy, Close to You by Dayglow, a New York producer, choosing Easy by Pale Waves. Uh, Vote for Song of the Week at didyouamerica.com or we have a poll for Song of the Week on my Twitter. I am Ian Canfield at Twitter and we'll get to uh, some of the listener feedback um, in just a second. Have I mentioned that I've got toothache? Uh, No. (laughs) Tell us about it. Oh, so um, yesterday... I woke up and I was like, ha, 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 ha. that's me explaining that I noticed that um, if I said certain words, it was like I had a, a sensitive tooth and, and, and then I tried to eat and that wasn't a good oh, idea. yeah, no. So um, I had this sensitivity around uh, one of my teeth um, up the back, top right, right? So I um, this is why I missed most of the inauguration stuff yesterday because basically my day was... Um, oh god I've got toothache and then I put on a bit of the inauguration and I was busy trying to get in to see uh, the dentist to figure out what was going on and then when the dentist did not give me a satisfactory answer I got home and was thinking okay I'm not going to watch any more of this I'm going to go to bed because my tooth is still aching and the dentist hasn't given me a reasonable explanation so now this is going to be a very rare example of me saying that yesterday, America did not work for me, right? I know everyone was saying that it was a great day for America with the new presidency and all that kind of stuff. Well, a lot of people were. Not a great day for me because top, back, right, aching going on. And this is what happened, right? Now, I will be the first to admit That in the past, I have lived up to the stereotype of a British person with bad teeth. Because (laughs) basically, when you're in England, you get free dental care for as long as you're in school. So once I left college, my dental uh, service was no longer free. Whoa, 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 time out, time out, time out.
1: Everyone in England has free dental service as a kid? Yes. And yet the stereotype is that they have the most disgusting mouths in the world.
0: Yeah, so judge for yourself, we either have terrible dentists or people that are so fucking lazy they can't even be bothered to go to a dentist when it's free. Wow. Yeah. Go on. So, I went to the dentist diligently as a kid... I always. I don't know if they ever did this here. They used to give you balloons if you were a good boy or girl at the, at the dentist. Also, this was a funny thing. Again, this actually may be the the reason why there's such bad dental uh, the, the, uh, health in England, because I do remember that yes, you could go there for free. And yes, if you were good and sat in the dentist chair without making a, a big scene as a little kid, they'd give you a balloon. But sometimes they'd also give you candy to take away. No, seriously. So you'd go in for your six for your six month checkup and you'd get cleaned. I can remember doing this now. And then as a treat, as a well done, you were a good kid in the dentist chair, here's a balloon and I don't know, here's a Twix. <laughs> See,
1: yeah, my dentist as a kid, it was more like McDonald's, like you got a toy with your happy meal, you know?
0: Right, and now to the point where like when i go to the dentist and they give me a toothbrush i'm like the hell is this <laughs> right exactly whereas now you go to the dentist and they go "Did you floss and you go oh yeah twice a day every day and they just know that you're lying right so i stopped going to the dentist for about 12 years after it, it uh, I, I would have had to have paid for it in uh, shitsville which i wholeheartedly regret because although i got through more more than 10 years of life without needing anything done to my teeth when I eventually chipped a tooth and had to go to the dentist to get that fixed, uh, the guy in Chitsville took one look at my teeth and went, when was the last time you saw a dentist? And I went, oh, I've been bad. I mean, to be honest, a good 18 months. Oh, God. 12 <laughs> years in, in reality. And then he, he gave me this plan that basically um, I used to get it I had so much I needed to get done while I was working on the radio in the UK that I... I would go in on a Friday afternoon after I'd done all of my radio for the week. So there was no chance that I wouldn't be able to do a show after I'd had the, the dental work done. So um, I, I'm not exaggerating. I was at the dentist every Friday afternoon for at least two months oh because there, there was that much. That sounds that, terrible. Yeah, that, 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 that needed to be done. I also remember there was one, the, the, the worst thing ever was the a thing called a surgical extraction and uh you never want to be sitting i mean you couldn't feel anything because you're you're numb but you never want to be sitting in a dentist's chair when they're working on one tooth for almost an hour and for most of that hour all i kept on hearing apart from the drill was i need a bigger bit i need a bigger bit i need a bigger (laughs) bit like literally i thought at one point he was going to go stop the people that were doing construction outside his dental surgery and go can i borrow that (laughs) pneumatic drill because i've got this impacted tooth that it's really struggling to come out oh
1: you thought i'd get queasy when you tell the story of getting the shot in your throat for the surgery we haven't even done that story oh my god this is so much worse So anyway i
0: i i got up to speed with my dental work having neglected my teeth for about 12 years um several years ago and since then I've been pretty good at going to the dentist once every 6 months to get the teeth clean and do all that kind of stuff to you know maintain what I need to maintain and, and the, the, so far the you know the dental surgery in a proper country has been uh, you know as you would expect it every six months I go in and go here I am don't want to live up to that stereotype of being <laughs> a brick with bad teeth da, 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 da. but you hear the jokes every time you go in the
1: office yeah, don't you? exactly yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. but, but t-
0: I'll tell you that I'll tell you this it's better to hear those jokes every six months than to ever sit in a chair for an hour again go- hearing gonna need a bigger drill gonna need a bigger <laughs> yeah. drill right? yeah. so anyway I go in yesterday and I got this did I mention I got a toothache Um, and uh, I say and and I'm thinking oh please don't let it be root canal please let it be like a filling or something that you know it's not going to cost me a fortune to get fixed so anyway they do they do all of the x-rays right and um, the dentist then comes back shows me my x-ray and says oh this tooth you you had a root canal on it so he's referring to the work that I had done you know back in the day from the story that I just told you and he says, um, yeah, I, think, I don't know how to move forward with this because there's this thing on your x-ray here and I don't know what that is. And I'm like, well, this doesn't sound good. And so he basically says to me, I mean, I could um, probably give you some antibiotics if it's uh, an infection and it will probably deal with the problem temporarily, um, but you will have to get something fixed further down the line. But I think you need to go to a, an orthodontist specialist oh, just to no. make sure what this is, right? So I'm thinking, oh, my God. Because, you know, when you when someone tells you who's a doctor right. that something's shown up on an X-ray and they don't know what it is and it shouldn't be there, you start Googling. I mean, I was straight back home, teeth cancer. Yeah, right. right. Wh- whatever. Yeah, yeah. Turns out syphilis. <sighs> So you like bringing syphilis up on this podcast? That's like your go-to joke, right? Had it many times. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I should. I'm now googling. Can I catch teeth syphilis from my podcast (laughs) co-host? So anyway, I go to the um, I go to the orthodontist specialist today, right? And, and they give me three different scans. I knew it was high-end because I, I, I did scans while laying down on the chair and standing. Yeah. Like at one point, they strap that thing to my back that makes you feel like you're carrying explosives, yep. right? And I do all these scans, right? And then the doctor comes in and I'm bracing myself for, you know, the the worst news because I'm thinking... Well, it can't be something simple, because if it was something simple, the first dentist would have told me that because he's a dentist and that's what they're paid to do. And I wouldn't have had to invest in $420 in extra scans today (laughs) at a second dentist, was what I was thinking, right? At which point, the second dentist, who's apparently more specialist because he does the stand-up scan as well as the laying-down scan, says to me, "Okay, well, this is wrong and blah, 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 and it's about the root canal and da 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 And I'm thinking, hang on, I think I've heard this before. Yeah, fucking yesterday I heard this before. You know when I heard this? When I was $420 richer because I didn't have to go to your place to get a scan, Right. And so he basically says, so there's these three options and he runs through them and none of them sound particularly good, but equally they're nowhere near as bad as I think I need a bigger drill for an hour right. or, uh, as per that surgical extraction. So he said, um, but yeah, basically if you don't want to spend the money at the moment, cause you haven't got the the, the greatest insurance, I can do any of these things, you know, further down the line. Um, I would recommend you get some antibiotics and see how you go. And I felt like going, that's what the fucking bloke told me yesterday. <laughs> Why are you... Do- so, again, America, I love you and I love being here and I would like to stay here forever. <laughs> but how can there be different standards of dentists? If they know how to deal with you... It's just teeth. I get... If you go to a doctor and you've got something especially wrong, there are other doctors that... Because that's your whole fucking body... Why did I pay four hundred and twenty dollars to have a stand-up scan as well as an additional laying-down scan for apparently a better specialist in teeth to tell me what the guy told me yesterday? The only thing that would have been worse is if
1: the orthodontist just like was checking your mouth and just said like, "Oh, it turns out you just have a piece of broccoli lodged in here," and then you were fine. <laughs> well, you got first of all, you got scanned. You got scanned for sure. The the dentist and the orthodontist are definitely in cahoots.
0: Yeah, I mean, is this like a, a, a set up on the dark? web where they have a scan scam yeah i was gonna say
1: like can we uh like who's your doctor's i was he in an actual office or you just go to the guy with a dental tool in the back of the like a back
0: alley somewhere well, no, because actually one of the options was um you know we could just cut our losses and take out that tooth i mean if i could probably go find uh some backstreet dentistry like a homeless person in deep Ellum who's masquerading as a dentist maybe, right. perhaps maybe <laughs> was a dentist but got laid off and yeah a yeah. like former homeless. dentist and i say listen i know it's going to cause me some pain but i mean because have I, have I mentioned i've got a toothache could you just do a quick extraction right now i've brought the string <laughs> see
1: i uh I've actually had a lot better luck with dentists over the years. Now, I will admit, like, I have a pretty jacked up mouth. Like, I have uh where most people have an overbite, I have an underbite, so I look like a bulldog half the time. I had braces as a kid, but, like, I never wore the rubber bands or the retainers, so, like, my teeth are all sorts of jacked up now. But the, every time I go to the dentist, they tell me two things. They say, you don't need to get your wisdom teeth taken out because you have enough room in your mouth. And... Even though you're a smoker at the time, I haven't been since I quit smoking. You know your gums and teeth health are perfectly fine. Now, the only downside is is now my dentist. He's you could tell he's always trying to work up business because even though he's told me on numerous occasions that I have enough room in my mouth and never have to get my wisdom mm. teeth out, every single time he says like, "Hey." You know, if uh, you want to schedule it, we can pop those wisdom teeth out. And I say, like, why? He's always just kind of like, "Eh, if you wanted to. I, I
0: don't. Why dentists should not be like car salesmen trying to upsell you. Like, it's like you went in and you want to buy the car and then they say, well, you know, we could put this in or we could upgrade the windows or so on and so forth. I just I'm not in
1: I had knee surgery in high school and like that was just such a bad experience. I swore off unnecessary surgery like unless I am literally on the verge of death or my leg is falling off like if I don't absolutely need surgery I'm just not gonna get it like I have a friend who we literally went to dinner yesterday we had a big huge pizza feast because he's getting his wisdom teeth taken out today and you know he's he was texting me just 20 30 minutes ago like he's totally fine healthy everything's good like i get it, it's not that crazy of a surgery but like i just the fact that he's told me i don't need it and he's pushing it on me i'm not i'm not going to get it look i've told you before dentists are known scammers i told you the story i had a friend in Arizona he was a little bit of a weirdo i had another friend do some research you know background see like why is this kid so weird we found out that his dad his dad was the number two uh dentist in all of i think they were from scottsdale mm. and he was in jail because he hired a hit on the number one dentist in scottsdale <laughs> these people are conniving better call Saul shouldn't be a
0: lawyer he should be a dentist wow wow i i just feel like if you go to a dentist one dentist should be able to do all of the work going to see an actual dentist who does a scan and then pulls up your scan and explains, yeah, you see, I think there's something wrong around that route, but you see that mark there on the x-ray? I don't know what that is. That is like me, if I had... Because I used to have a job on the radio, did you know? When? <laughs> that is like me introducing a song and saying, uh, this is new radio station that hopefully is going to employ me at some point. The Red Hot Chili Peppers with... Oh I don't know what this song's called. You're like, you as, as a radio presenter you would expect me to know. Go listen on re- this other station the, the, for what the, the, red, the title the, is. The Red Hot Chili. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you go to a different station I think you'll find they'll also be playing this Red Hot Chili Pepper song sooner rather than later and maybe there you can find out what the song's called because I don't know. That is not an unfair parallel between my work and this dentist who who, who couldn't t- And then I go to the other guy $420 later he's telling me. Be the same thing i could have just well i don't know if it's going to solve it but i could have at least tried to solve it without doing any of this and just having 12 dollars worth of antibiotics which is what i'm currently
1: on next time just call me i have a flashlight and some dental tools i'll get it worked out we'll pull <laughs> that tooth we'll go old school We'll tie a knot around to slam a door that's the way to go
0: i think it might be i think it might actually be uh glastonbury 2021 has been cancelled and I, I mentioned this um because it's probably the start of the cancelling of all of the things that didn't happen last year that got rescheduled for this year, um, which is obviously a sad thing. Um, Glastonbury, most people in the States know what Glastonbury is, right? Yeah, for sure. Big big, music festival. Big big music festival. So I guess, you know, it's a huge event in the middle of a field. They normally get about 80,000 people a day, if not more. Um, And it happens during the last weekend of June. So if you consider that this is the first huge festival that was supposed to be happening in basically six months time and it's already been canceled. I I don't want to sound pessimistic, but you can probably say, okay, all of the big events that are festival-based and a bunch of the tours, at least for the first, probably two-thirds of this year, are also about to be pulled now. I'm confused. Did Why are they already cancelling?
1: Do they not see what happened yesterday? All problems are solved. <laughs> well,
0: they would definitely be people that believe this. Because, uh, as I said, I, I, during part one of this podcast, I've never been to Glastonbury. But that does not stop me from having an extremely valid opinion on it. It is... <laughs> one of the biggest examples of champagne socialism that there is oh first of all i mean yeah they get huge artists to play but it's there's a big sort of political backdrop to glastonbury it's incredibly left of center with its politics which of course is why it gets loads of artists to play it because most artists are left of center wait music festivals can be political oh they're so they're so the bbc i think they stopped doing this in recent years because it was uncovered and and the big press stories were run but the bbc used to send like a thousand people to glastonbury to go cover it and they would let one of their um cable networks one of the bbc cable networks in the uk basically show glastonbury from morning till midnight almost live in real time like everyone was yeah yeah, yeah. in, in this together And in the middle of Glastonbury, you've got this old farmer, Michael Evis, who's been the guy that founded it. And I'm prepared to believe that back in the day, because it's been going a million years, it was this big sort of like hippie dropout communal kind of festival. And he still purports to keep those same kind of values, and all of the leftists totally buy into it. But you speak to some people that claim to know about the inner workings of it. He's making himself a fortune every year. Of they, course. They, they, they also barely pay any of the artists. Like what they'll do is they'll get they get some really impressive headliners, but they cut deals whereby they'll have, I don't know, Bruce Springsteen playing because the same weekend he'll also do a huge gig at hyde park in london so hyde park are paying him like two three million for that one show and then he goes to glastonbury for the so-called credibility and gets paid a rate that for Springsteen would be, you know, for next to nothing. Right. But everyone's like, oh, it's okay because it's all about the earth and we're all eco-warriors and all this kind of stuff. I I like the... and There's this band in the UK called Manic Street Preachers who also politically are very left of centre, but this shows you what a shithole... All of Glastonbury actually is because... And the Manic Street Preachers, I love them. They got You probably don't know them, uh, people in the States, because they they haven't had a great deal of success here because their big shot at breaking America was when Oasis first came over on a big tour. This is going back like 20 years. And um, it was at a time when Oasis were already festival headliners in the UK. But being a bunch of work-shy Brits, Oasis didn't want to put in the work... To endear themselves to an American audience right. because they had a real issue with the fact that in the UK they were playing to, you know, 20,000, 30,000 people a night, and in <laughs> the States they were playing to maybe a thousand people a night and maybe not all of those people were adoring what was going on so oasis basically cancelled their tour of america in less than two weeks because they were work shy british motherfuckers you couldn't put in the effort and the manic street preachers unfortunately were the opening band on that tour so i think they kind of got sidelined with like oh well, they don't... America was like, they don't like us because they didn't want to do the shows.
1: So basically, Oasis heard Frank Sinatra saying, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And they said, fuck that, we're not making it there. And then the other band was like,
0: but, 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 but wait, hold on. We we still want to make it there. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, that's a fair assumption. Uh, I remember asking Lemmy from Motorhead once about uh, what he thought about Oasis. And this was in their early days after they just pulled that American tour and said that the most impressive thing about them was that they managed to piss off off an entire continent in less than two weeks. (laughs) It is pretty impressive. But anyway, the Manic Street Preachers... um uh as i said politically would be down with most of the messaging from glastonbury but even they once went and played there and discovered that it's such a shithole that their bassist between songs he was doing some banter with the crowd suggested that the glastonbury festival would be better if someone built a freeway over the top of it (laughs) see
1: this is why uh the gathering is far superior to (laughs) glastonbury it's not about politics it's about doing drugs and fucking fat girls and port well I,
0: again uh, th- th- there'll be people that are listening to this particularly people in the uk who will be taking issue with everything i'm saying about glastonbury well, they're not uh, listening uh, anymore uh, well no that's what they probably yeah um <laughs> But if they were listening, they would take issue with everything that I said about Glastonbury and they would just be saying that I'm just so right-wing, I don't see the centre and Glastonbury isn't left-wing. That's bollocks. Yeah. But the one thing... Glastonbury is so worthy in everything that it that, that it does. Whereas the, I think the Juggalos, there's no worthiness in them. They just want to get wasted, you know, have sex and have a good time, right? Yeah. Um, That's but, worthiness. But, uh, glastonbury's so preachy
1: <laughs> you know right right they're not like forcing drugs and sex on you like uh i don't think that's <laughs> happening at a
0: gathering of the juggalos is it you know no they're just trying to force the labor party on you is what, is, <laughs> is, is, is what they're trying to do they're uh, you know they're, they're just trying to make sure that they can get at least on some zoom on a big screen uh, bernie sanders right. to read some poetry that, right. would be, that would be like their ideal between act entertainment they're not not like following corn here's beto o'rourke <laughs> <laughs> and my other great favorite quote on uh, glastonbury was um and again this is very interesting to get, again get about how these people sell out because after the after the manic said that um someone should build a freeway over the top of it. Years later, they returned to Glastonbury and claimed that they quite enjoyed it. Same thing with Morrissey. He returned years later and did a show that he claimed he quite enjoyed, but did say previously that when... uh, Maybe he was there with the Smiths, but he was there like in years gone by. And the reason why he didn't go back to Glastonbury for something like 25 years is because when he was there the first time as an artist, he asked someone where the bathroom was and they pointed to a hole in the ground. And Morrissey said... And I thought, oh, this isn't me. <laughs> to, to which I concur. I mean, personally, I only pee on the ground, so. No, I think he was talking about number twos. Oh, I do that too. <laughs> well, you're just practicing to go to a juggalo. A bit, right, right, exactly. I told you, it's my dream. But it, the, the the people that go to Glastonbury, whether or not they get uh, caught up in all of the, you know, the socialist politics that comes along with it, um... People also revel in the fact that apparently it is a lot of fun to go somewhere where you get absolutely filthy and it's in the middle of nowhere. And in June, it can quite often be a washout in the UK. So I've seen footage of Glastonbury on the BBC where it literally looks like you're watching a World War One documentary, <laughs> where they're where they're reenacting the trenches, right? right? And again because they're champagne socialists, they'll sell this to you as it's all part of the experience, right? I don't believe for a second they couldn't put in some facilities that make it a little bit better, that they can dry out the ground or they can improve the camping or whatever it is. But no, because that would cost them money and that would be money that they're not pocketing. Instead, they go, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to, you know, we're just going to keep it organic. I'm not exaggerating. Again... I've never been to Glastonbury, but that does not stop me having the opinion that I've been expressing for the previous 10 minutes on this podcast. I have watched it on the socialist BBC from the comfort of my own sofa and felt like I need to take a shower just from watching it on the TV. (laughs) I totally understand that. That's how like uh, Coachella one year, they
1: did all their, uh, they streamed everything on YouTube and I couldn't go. So I figured like, all right, well I'll sit on my couch and do drugs and, I got to tell you, man, it was a
0: shit show. <laughs> but anyway, having said all of that, even though I've never been to Glastonbury and have no desire to ever attend, I've got another little side story about Glastonbury, about how bad it is. So one of my friends, can I tell this? Yeah, I can tell this story. One of my friends um, used to work for a record label. She's one of the promotions people, right? Okay. And she would go to various festivals because they'd have acts you know, performing and, and such like. She was so horrified with the prospect of going to Glastonbury that from the day she joined the record label and she was there for a good few years, she used to lie and tell them that the last weekend of June was her birthday, her mum's birthday, and her grandmother's birthday. And that there was it was historic that there was always this big family gathering that she had to go to because, because so basically it got her out of going to the Glastonbury festival every year. That's genius. That's how bad it is. Did you, were you afraid you couldn't
1: tell that story because
0: like she still uses that excuse to get out of it every year? <laughs> I think actually now she's ascended to the point that she's so high up in the uh, promotions department that she can probably sit at her desk and go, fuck off. Am I going to Glastonbury? You lot and go. and <laughs> okay. get caught in the yeah, mud." Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, what were we going to talk about before we wrap up? Oh, let's Fan feedback. Fan feedback, yes. I just prefer to call it listener feedback. Ah. Uh, are I mean, they not our fans? Well, I mean, they're, they're enjoying the podcast. I don't want to, you know...
1: People's thoughts and opinions on our
0: words. Right. You could work on that title. Okay. But prefer- it's a working title. It's a working title. <laughs> um, oh, this is great news. Uh, in the uh, previous episode, um, Chad had uh, messaged asking if i'd ever seen the show sledgehammer and i tried not to go off on a sledgehammer tangent but you know anytime i put in the list of things that we're going to discuss an 80s tv show and i'll always say to you i'll just mention it quickly i can't help myself i can't i can't i can't hold back right so we had a little bit of sledgehammer discussion uh during the previous episode as a result of this chad and i can't i mean this is a, a faithful listener chad did some research, found that the creator of Sledgehammer is on Twitter and put the creator of Sledgehammer, 80s TV show, and myself in touch. So I am now on email with the man, Alan Spencer is his name, if you want to follow him on Twitter. There are at least six people still being like, Peter Gabriel? (laughs) (laughs) No way more exciting than me talking to the singer from genesis if chad our faithful listener had put me in touch with the original singer of genesis i wouldn't have even made it as a notable thing to discuss during this episode no it's far more exciting that he's put me in touch with alan spencer creator of the tv show sledgehammer right Ah. so anyway It turns out that I'm back and forth with Alan Spencer. And I said, yeah, we've been talking about it on the podcast. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's great. And he had a listen. And he said, it's great that you're such a big fan. The next thing Alan Spencer did was send me a link to a website for Sledgehammer where I wanted to buy some merchandise. So I thought, fuck me. He's like us on this podcast trying to flog T-shirts. I was going to say,
1: can we please collab with Sledgehammer on our next T-shirt?
0: Well. That's what all the cool brands do. That that thought did occur to me because i'm aware of this and the only thing so first of all by the way the merchandise that is apparently available made me almost as excited to just talk about sledgehammer as we did during the previous episode and you'll know that i got quite excited remember i told you that the opening sequence to sledgehammer is literally one camera showing a gun for the entire theme music which goes on for a good 40 50 seconds and it's the camera panning back from the gun and as it pans back slowly you realize that the gun is on a pillow you know as if it's like the crown jewels right. and everything because sledgehammer was a parody of all of the action cop shows that were all shoot 'em ups from the the 70s and the 80s so one of the items of merchandise you can buy on this website that the creator sent me is an actual pillow with a picture of the gun on it oh my god oh
1: yeah you will never sleep better oh my i want them. <laughs> i want
0: them for the bed i want them for the sofa i
1: was gonna say that's gonna go great with like your little tv shrine you have over here in your living
0: room. oh my i mean we're talking about a, a, a show that you have to have a deep knowledge of 80s action shows to be familiar with but if people come to the apartment and they see my model dukes of hazard car and night rider and 18 van i think that they're, they're quite recognizable and right. then they go what's with the the pillow throws i would be like fucking! you don't know sledgehammer
1: the first person who walks in here and immediately
0: is like oh my god cool pillow from sledgehammer that's who you marry oh my god a hundred percent so he's got fridge magnets i love a fridge magnet oh, and, yeah. and, and he's got some mugs the, the 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 pillow with the picture of the gun on it was the, the the most notable thing now the only thing that makes me nervous about putting in an order and or asking for a collaboration of merchandise between uh, Sledgehammer Creator and us, is that the link to the website he sent me, it looks like MySpace. (laughs) Well, you can't imagine Sledgehammer is up to the 21st century. No, but I did send a reply going, I love the pillow with the gun on it. (laughs) But the website looks a little dated. Is it still active? And he hasn't replied to that message. And, you know, since I got scammed by two dentists in the past 24 (laughs) hours, I'm now questioning everything that I do. And I don't, you know, I've just I've told you my dental scam story. It would crush me, crush me if the creator of Sledgehammer was just after some money. You know, he's gonna ask me to send it in Bitcoin right. to get some of these pillows, <laughs> but actually they no longer exist. <laughs> well, hey, maybe, maybe one day you'll get that pillow. Um, Therese sent us a message. She watched Spinal Tap for the first time. I mentioned this at the the top of the, the episode today. I just um I'm jealous. I could quote it to you back to front. Um But to have that experience, again, of the first time you watch Spinal Tap, amazing. Unless Therese is going to send us a follow-up message because some people do say this. They're wrong, but some people do say this. They go, I don't get it. Why is that funny? Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies
1: that, like, you have to be in to that style of comedy. Now, as a comedy lover, I mean, that movie came out 10, 15 years before I was born, I've probably seen it 20, 30 times. Mm-hmm. It's one of the greatest comedies of all time. But for sure, like I could see where most people are like, oh my God, this is something Canfield mentions all the time. It's going to be the fun. He's like, Wait, what is this? They're not a real band, but they're acting like a real band. And it's a documentary about that band that isn't really a real band. And isn't that the guy from All in the Family? And why is he in this? And-
0: <laughs> yeah, there might be that. So Therese, you should uh, message back and let us know Uh, You didn't send a review of Spinal Tap. You just said that you were getting it for the first time. Uh, I also like the fact that Therese is so old school that she told me that she was renting it from the library. She didn't just go to Amazon and pay $3 to rent it and have it appear on her screen. She put in some effort. I didn't even know there were still libraries open that you could get. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was a DVD. It might have been a VHS for all I know. Respect.
1: That is impressive. You say, damn, be streaming. <laughs> How are you even listening to this? This is way too futuristic for
0: you. Yeah, that is true. But I, I, I'm impressed, Therese, and uh, I'm impressed with the effort that you put in. And as I said, I'm... Um, I'm jealous of you watching it for the first time. I'm probably the worst person to watch it with if you're watching it for the first time because I say every line before they say it. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just can't help myself. I, I really just can't help myself. Um, and another message that came through uh, was from Paul Kane, said, uh, love the podcast. Listening to the last episode about the snowstorm in DFW, um, they got the date wrong but they got the snowfall total pretty accurate. So this really proves correct what I said about this. Um, I asked you, because you're, apart from some time at school, pretty much a a lifelong DFW resident, right? Yes, sir. And a couple of weeks ago, we had snow in Texas, but it was a light... It was a flurry. Yeah. It wasn't snow. Nothing settled, but everyone got excited. And then I was in a diner the next day and the guy who works behind the bar was saying to me, oh, you should have been here. I think he said in uh, 2008, we had 11 inches. And, and, And I said to you, I don't believe there was that much snow in DFW And is this just a case of... And I don't mind this because I love the fact that everyone who's in Texas believes it's the best place on earth and everything is bigger and better in Texas. Oh, yeah, it is. Right. So his, oh, we had 11 inches was just bullshit. But because he also born and bred in texas there was more snow than usual one year and they just say it's 11 inches because it has to be bigger because it's in texas right like that's why they keep the dates
1: keep changing for all these people is like that's proof that this snow didn't actually happen they're just remembering like one significant time that it snowed and they're like oh that was it right like i think he said i think in his uh note to us he said that it was when the super bowl was here in 2011
0: uh yeah 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 he said it was the week leading up to the super bowl in 2011 okay
1: That weekend is known for being a huge ice storm. We did not get 11 inches of snow. And all that ice is the reason why the Super Bowl has never been back. There was not a... First of all, again, I was in Arizona at that
0: time. I do not know for a fact. But that's the same as me. I can guarantee you there was no 11 inches. That's the same as me having never been to the Glastonbury Festival, but tearing it apart for about 15 minutes just now. So, (laughs) But, 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 but if we can agree on one thing... And I think this is a beautiful thing about Texans. It does prove my theory right about Texans. So they can't agree on when it was. And according to you, their evaluation of the conditions is incorrect because you say it's an ice storm. They're talking about the snow. But the one thing everyone who purports to have been through this uh, a large amount of snow can agree on is that oh fuck yeah it was 11 inches because it sounds so huge right that if there ever was a reasonable amount of snow in texas it
1: had to be at least 11 inches if there's one thing we've succeeded at, we have confirmed that in
0: some time in history it snowed in texas <laughs> right exactly no but it was 11 inches it was 11 inches yeah <laughs> All right, I think we're done. Uh, if you want to talk to the show, don't forget, didyouamerica.com is where you go. If you click be on the show, you can leave us a voice message or you can just type us a message there. Or I'm uh, Ian Canfield on Twitter, if you would like to talk to me there. Also on the website, uh, and on Twitter, you can vote for Song of the Week, all right? So that's all going on at Ian Canfield on Twitter, or didyouamerica.com on the web, which is also where you can buy Did You America t-shirts. How great are they, Jeremy? They are so good. On your nipples. And uh, I firmly believe that when we return again uh, for the next episode, we will be sponsored by Glastonbury Festival 2022. I think they love me now. Can't wait. Did we America today? (laughs) Of course.